Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Or how about this one? How about Zolgad and Scoggins? Because it's conduits of trouble time as it is once every week. Uh, Chipper, let me start you off with this one because I think we have intrigue. I think that's the correct word here. I think we have intrigue. What do you make of it that uh, that upon news of his being let go by the Vikings, Kyle Rudolph uh, immediately had, and this is absolutely fine, ha- immediately had a 2,000-word piece set to go for the Players' Tribune uh, thanking the Vikings and Minnesota uh, on, you know, 10 years, which, which, by the way, for a player in that league is an eternity. Yeah. Um, 2,000 words, though. 2,000 words. Matt Castle got a shout-out. Teddy got mm-hmm. a shout-out. He he even went so far as to say, I think we win the Super Bowl in 2017 if Bradford doesn't get hurt because he was a marvelous talent, went healthy, and Kirk Cousins got nothing. His well, name did not appear. You can't ignore this. It means something. It is interesting how he lavished praise on Sam Bradford, right? I mean, Loved he him. Got, he probably got the most... Um, praise out of anyone, didn't he? Um, yeah, that was that did not go unnoticed I think, by, by some people who read that word for word. Yeah, I don't. Uh, it's you know, he, Kyle's always going to be the the loyal soldier, you know, and 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 say the right things for the organization. Um, so I don't know that he's ever going to rip his quarterback publicly. No, but the fact that he, Agreed. you know, praised so many, I mean, called out so many players by name there, um, and didn't mention Cousins, it, it definitely stands out. You know, oh, definitely, yes, yes. And and I guess my question is, what does it mean? Because Kyle is a Kyle is a good employee, I think, Chip. But I yeah. also think he's a smart guy, and I think he's calculated for sure. Like, he's not a meathead, dumb, tight end, you know, no, I block. No, no, not no, at no. all. Yeah. Uh, he's very calculated. And so I wonder what it means as far as the message, because it delivers one. Well, does he blame the quarterback or the system? See, that's what, but that, yes, exactly. That's my question. Like, does because he. It's does, not yes. like Cousins didn't target Irv Smith. Or other tight ends. Um, so I, you know, I don't know if he has a problem with the because remember he did the he did the uh, podcast with Lieber was yes. it about a month ago now maybe longer I don't know how long ago it was but um, 
and basically said he thinks he's he's worth what his contract pays him because he can do a lot more than he'd be allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Is that the system? Is that Kubiak's system, or was that or was that the quarterback, or maybe both? I, I'm guessing he probably feels a combination of both, right? Yes, clearly. So, but I and I like Kyle as a person. I mean, I, I think what he's done here. Um, you know, in the community is probably more impactful than what he did for the organization on the field. Uh, well, I know it is, but he's not, he's not the same player, Judd. I mean, he's just not in the same categories as Irv Smith and, and Tyler uh, Conklin played well. And, Ky- and Tyler Conklin. Younger. I, think Ty- I, think, I think Tyler Conklin is going to be a good uh, tight end. Um, I mean, he's their third tight end. So, I mean, how many, how many, Passes are you going to throw to the third tight end? <laughs> you have, Very few. Well, you have you know a record-setting rookie and uh, Adam Thielen. I mean, I just don't know how many passes Kyle thought he was going to get thrown his way. So I, I, I don't know, but I mean, it did. I mean, he, did he mention every quarterback he played with no, in there? He didn't mention Ponder, who, by, by the way, I believe during the course of Kyle's ten years here, threw him the most touchdown passes of any Viking quarterback. Christian Ponder was not in there either. How many? Yeah, how many years did he play with Ponder? Couple, uh, the first right? couple, right? Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, yeah, I think it's interesting, and I think it's calculated, and I, I, I don't think it's an oversight. No. To say that. <laughs> and I go back to your question though: Was he mad, or did did he did he feel ignored by Kirk, the system, or perhaps just a combination of both? And both I, might be the answer. I think it's probably both, Judd. I mean, I mean, he was clear in his podcast with with, with Lieber that he felt like he wasn't being used properly, that he was basically just a blocker and not given the opportunities. But, um, again, I go back to physically, and you look at just running and, and those types. Now, he's, you know, obviously he's excellent in the red zone because of his size and catching ability, but um, but there, I just think there's a handful of better options than he became. And, not, and for that pay, on him, yeah, I, I said, and for the price, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, and the thing was, it's like, this is long expected. Everybody knew it, so it's not like some big shock. Right. I mean, that wasn't going to be a shock to him. I will be curious to see what the market is for him. I mean, I assume he gets another job? Oh, he will. I'm predicting at, Seahawks, at, Chip. I predicted at Seahawks. What, at, at, like, league minimum? Or? No, no, he'll get a little bit more. I think he'll. Yeah, I, I just don't know, dude. I mean, I don't know. He'll get a little bit more than that, but not not a ton more. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume people will still look at him as a valuable target in the red zone, and guys can catch a lot of touchdown passes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that you know, Vikings looked at it as a, hey, we got two better options right now, and um, but I don't ever remember in, in Cousins' three years, there's never been anything that he's even hinted at, right, publicly. You know, I, I can't say what he's told me privately, but publicly, I don't think he's ever come close to saying anything about the quarterback play, has he? Uh, I don't remember. It, he, I don't think he would. I think that there were times he felt that he could have been targeted more by Kirk and was not. But, you yeah. know, he but to to go back to your original point, Chip, uh, Kyle has been I mean, Kyle will tell people stuff, but he's yeah. not going to fillet people. Like he's not no, going to say Kirk Cousins, no. but he will allude to the fact that he that he felt that he could have been used more or caught mm-hmm. more passes from Kirk. Um, yeah, he's not he's not going to be he's not a he's not a mean person as far as his comments, but he is calculated. And my prediction is 
He's going to sign with Seattle, and he's going to catch a touchdown pass at U.S. Bank Stadium next year because I do think that he is two things. I think he is calculated, and I think he is eager to show the Vikings that he can still play. Well, I don't think any doubt about the second part. I mean, I think he's made that clear. He still thinks he has a lot left and can be productive. So I I, I don't doubt that he'll be, you know, motivated to, uh, you know, to show the Vikings and whoever, you know, that he can still play at a high level. But um, I'd be curious to kind of see where he lands and, uh, you know, what he, what kind of deal he gets. Uh, but, but, you know, for the Vikings' sake, and it's, you know, it's kind of cruel to just kind of turn the page and say, you know, moving on, but that's how business is. The NFL, baby. Hey, that frees up a lot of money, you know. I mean, that's, that's the first step. I would – I know we've talked about this. I think Bailey's next. I think, obviously, Anthony Harris is off the books. Yep. Um, God, what are they going to do with Anthony Barr, though? Well, I I think it was Dukes reported or was told that Barr has uh, blocked it at a restructure reworking of his contract. And if that's the case, I if, if Anthony Barr has dug in his heels and told them, I have a contract and I'm playing for that contract chip, I don't know yep. if you can bring him back. Well, and I, and I, you know, I'm probably speaking out of both sides of my mouth, because um, I, you know, I think last week, and I've said it many times, I always side on the players, get as much money as you can, you know. Yeah. I mean, you're in short business. It, hey, they signed that contract too, you know. This is what they thought you were worth. So, um, but also, I look at it from the Viking standpoint, is like I don't think you can pay him that. You know, he's he's been out, he's been injured. Would he be their second highest cap hit? Behind Cousins? He'd so, be up right? there. He'd be up there. Let's see here. Um, he is due to have, in 2021, his his cap hit is $15 million plus. And so, With so no guaranteed pay- salary chip. So, I mean, you could le- you could make this move. Now, here's the problem. Well, so, so if, but- Barr, if Barr's gone, Chipper, you save, uh, if you cut Barr pre-June 1st, uh, you save cap savings for 2021, $7.3 million. But the problem is, you're... If you do it before June first, your dead cap hit dead on your books yeah. seven point eight million. That's the yeah, problem. That's, that's, that's a lot. Of dead. And, and the other thing is, I've heard from a player tell me um, just how valuable he is to the defense in terms of calling plays. I guess he's just super smart in terms of recognizing and and that. And so, and we know he's a Zimmer favorite. So I, I don't. I would be stunned if they cut him. Um, man. It's a big cap hit, John. <laughs> it's a huge cap hit on on a cap that's coming down. And he, oh, so here's that prob- more than Hunt, that's more than Hunter, right? Uh, well, that's what I was just going to say to you, Chip. Is problem number two is Hunter? Hunter yeah. supposedly wants five years in the neighborhood of twenty seven million per year. Oof. If you're going to go there, I I don't see how you can do all of this defensively from a financial standpoint. No, not. If you're going to pay, if you have to pay Hunter that much, um, I don't know how you could have that much tied up in bar. And then, are they going to restructure Harrison? I assume they yes. will, right? Yep, they'll restructure he'll him. He'll get restructured, and he'll, and he'll get be back. more. He'll get more guaranteed up front, yep. all that type thing. Um, I don't. Can you afford all that? No. It seems like, it no. Seems like the Here's the easy work. response, Chip Scoggins. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't do all that. The cap's coming down, not going up, like it was supposed to do. So if 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 Barr really digs his heels in, then you got a problem, I would think. Yes. Um, 
Because I zero if I release him. He, he just wants. I mean, he's not going to. Can you trade him? Out. Can you trade him for a third round pick or something? Fourth round pick, third round pick. Yes, you could, but that's the same as. I mean, but at least you, you get, get a, compensation, is what I'm you saying. You get a fourth round pick. I mean, what? Okay, you know, that's something, but it's not. It doesn't replace a big hole in your defense. Let's see here. Um, trade pre June one. It's the it's the same uh, cap savings and uh, dead cash on your cap. And the thing is, I thought Wilson played really good early on in his absence. The longer that season went, the worse I thought he played. Yep. Didn't you? I, I just yes. He. I don't think he really exactly finished that season strong. Nor did anyone, but I, he he just didn't make as many big plays that we saw early on. So to say he you can get now, the bunny's obviously going to be a lot different. But to think that you're going to get the same production from him as you would Anthony Barr, I don't I don't know that that's true. And he might get paid something. Yeah, I mean he's not going to get be what he thought league minimum probably initially. No, no, no. I mean Wilson. I mean. I, early on, when he was making a ton of plays, I was thinking, God, he's going to get a pretty decent contract. Now I think it's going to be more, you know, realistic um, for what he's going to get paid. Yeah, I guess I just have to come down to think, is the difference in salary equivalent to the difference in production? You know, you see what I'm saying? Right, yes. Um, I don't know, but I do know that, you know, I just, for talking to people, I think that bars. Uh, loss last year was definitely um, probably more than what we give it credit for. Yep. The problem is, so if, if you bring Barr back and he won't restructure, so he comes back on his current salary, and now Hunter says, well, I, I want, you know, approximately $27 million per year, and now your left guard is still, like at some point in time here, you, you have to make choices. Shipper, it's not even, in my opinion, it's not just based on the people; it's based on the positions that they play, right? Like your, oh, yeah, like your yeah. left, your left guard cannot be Dakota Dozier bad. It just can't no. be. Um, but you know, at some point in time, you're you're going to have to assess not just if you like the person and they're a valuable on field uh, player, but do they bring the value that you're going to be paying them, and possibly ignoring other positions just from that, you know, from a linebacker, defensive end, guard. Um, standpoint. Yeah, and that's why I mean I think you're going to see someone really uh, probably young and cheap next to Harrison Smith this this time, you know. Which was, you know, to have all that money they had tied up in safety last year made no sense. Yeah, and we and told him that. I think, he, I think Zimmer said that at one of the owners' meetings or something. He's like, you know, if you rank the position, safety's not one you'd have up there high. And then they went and did like, it though. And then you went and did it. It's like, well, I think that move backfired. I don't think they wanted to do that. I think it backfired. I mean, they, you know, they obviously wanted to trade him and it. it couldn't do it um but they're gonna have to concede on some spots you know um judd they're gonna have to bring in a veteran cornerback and that's not gonna be cheap mm-hmm. uh, it, you might be able to find somebody for the league minimum but then you know what how good is that player you know maybe maybe different this year than years past because of the salary cap going down that some guys are just going to be desperate to stay in the league and take the league minimum right um but I think you got to you absolutely need to bring in a better cornerback. So you might have to spend some money there. What do you do with Riley Reef? I mean, this is going to be the most challenging offseason for Brzezinski. I think he's had in a long time in yeah. terms of because of the Hunter component. So if if I, if you go go to Reef, million no Judd. I mean that, that's Bosa money. Um, yeah, I, mean, I know. He paid coming off a neck. Bosa, but 
Now he might get close. He might get twenty four million, you know, which is still a big jump from what he's making now. But um, boy, it's going to be interesting to how how that shakes out. And he's coming off a neck, which scares me. I mean, there, there's a there's a lot of if Daniel Hunter comes back as himself, he is worth a ton. The problem is, as we've discussed on this show previously, neck injuries in football they scare you. So, will they be able to? Um, work him out and see him do things before they do that extension? I don't. I, per, per the CBA rules and stuff like that? Oh, well, I mean, he's working out right now, and he's un, under contract. But I don't know. He might say, look, I played for you, in his mind, uh, on the cheap for a few years now. You got to pay me. And like, I'm, cu- I'm curious what the back and forth is is going to be there between the team and Hunter's camp as yeah. far as far as hold on a second here. I know you're scared about my neck problem, but I basically got to this by not being paid and he signed that contract. That is on him 1000%. Uh yeah. but I just I just could I could see it potentially growing somewhat contentious uh because of of his stance that I am a great player. I want to be paid as such and then being like but hold on a second. And here's the thing. So I don't. They haven't. They haven't said about the off season yet. But I won't be surprised if they don't have like in person OTAs if they do that stuff. You know, virtually vir- again. Virtually again. Yep. And so you may not see him like do football activities until training camp, right? Are they going to let this thing drag out till training camp? They very well might. They might have to. I mean, maybe maybe you might have to, you know. But I, I would think that they would want to say, okay, before we give all this money, <laughs> yeah. just, no, you're right. I just put on his pads and do something. I mean, I, I know I, he sent out a video or tweet out a video, yeah. you know, whenever with he was doing some stuff on the field. But that's not that wasn't doing football stuff, you know. That was just kind of weightlifting and running sprints, which I mean, look good, you know. But and, and he could say no, like he he could say I've done enough. Uh, based on on how good I was, which was what each of the last two seasons he played, which is 2018, 19. I think mm-hmm. he had 14 and a half sacks each of those seasons. So well, he could the best edge rushers. I mean, no yeah. about it. So he he could say no. I want I want to be paid, and they could say exactly what you just said, and you got a problem. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, and I, I don't know who his agents are. Um, to know what kind of you know how they handle negotiations and all that, but I assume it's probably. A, pretty big time agency um yep so it, it, it absolutely could get messy you know uh, but i think everything i do think everything they look at in terms of that defense and rebuilding it starts with him and bar in zimmer's mind at least like hey get the deal get the bar get bar back and then um you know that that'll make up for a lot of the problem, and then they can fill in around that. And how how would you take both of those out of the equation? I, mean, I know the under he's under contract, so it's not like you're going. And to Hunter, I don't think equation. that I don't think that they will. I I think they'll do something there. The bar one, I, I don't do know. Daniel, yeah. I think gets done. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I, he's under contract; he's going to play. Um, the bar one's interesting, but I, I do think they really want him back. So. Um, but it's going to be a uh, – this is a, as challenging as offseason, I think, that they've been had in a while. Yeah, I think you're right. So content, so potentially contentious conversation, too, is this one. And you brought his name up. 
uh, Riley Reef. So he's due, I believe, cap wise, the, the cap hit is eleven million plus for two thousand twenty one. Okay, mm-hmm. he's coming off a very solid year. He played well. Uh, yeah, I thought so too. He, he was their best offensive lineman. Yes. He also, right before the season began, got totally screwed when they made the Ngakwe trade and basically said, here's a big pay cut, take it or go elsewhere. And a week before the season starts, good luck, okay? So Mm -hmm. he took it. If the Vikings, and they're going to, if if and when the Vikings go to the Reef Camp and say, we need you to restructure. And if he says, after what you did to me last year, buzz off. What do you do there? Because we're talking about a veteran left tackle who had a very nice year, and there might be a replacement possible on the roster, but it's yeah. probably. But if you do that, you're going to be for sure uh, weakening probably another position. Or yeah, not probably what is my, yeah, I guess I would have to know what their internal comfort level with Ezra Cleveland is. But he was your right guard, and now who's your right guard? Yeah, well, you, you're definitely. If you did it, you're you're having to plug. Two holes, you know. If you if you get rid of, cause you absolutely have to have a new left tackle or a new left guard. So if you say, you know what, we can't pay rate that we're moving on now. It's two spots you guys fill. Yep. Uh, and, and you're crossing your fingers on Cleveland that <laughs> he can play left tackle. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's. Uh, and, and I don't know how Brzezinski does it. And Brzezinski does it in terms of get more cash up front and maybe reset the point where, okay, I'll restructure, but just give me more cash up front, you know, at his age and all that. Um, or you might just say, you know, shove it. I'm paying my money. You know, I'll go play elsewhere. Yes. Or I'll go play elsewhere. Yep. I still think at his age, um, as well as he played last year, that, that's a hard thing for a veteran to do to just, you know, all of a sudden pick up and go try to, you know, get with another team and, and who knows what they're going to pay him. You may wind up making less, you know, it's, it's a gamble on his part too. So um, I guess it just depends on his comfort level with the organization and where he's at in his career. But I absolutely think you do not want to run the risk of screwing around with that left tackle. Oh, hell no, not with cousins as your quarterback to save money, John, to save 1 million or $2 million. I mean, I think I would look elsewhere. I think I would really try to push Anthony Barr to get a uh, take a um, <laughs> please, pretty you know. please. Yeah, pretty please. please. We got to do this for us. You're killing um, us because I just, I mean, that's the one position with that immobile quarterback. And and you know, I, I really like the way. Now, if you'd asked me this a year ago, I would be like, all right, cut him, do something else. I didn't think he replayed it, but right. Well, nineteen, but I mean, he was their best lineman last year, so. Um, yeah, I would think that that one's probably – I feel more comfortable with that one working out because I think they understand that, you know, you might have to spend more than you want to, to keep him. What is your guy, Mark Coyle, going to do about his men's basketball coach? Well, I think it's pretty obvious now what's going to happen. Um, and, and look, I, 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 I like Richard a lot. I Gillen's with him. He's, he's a fun coach to cover in terms of – access and his humor and you know transparency and telling you what's going on and all that so he's you know he's he's a enjoyable coach to cover but you have to look at the record mm-hmm. and i mean i'm talking about the the whole his whole tenure here eight years and yeah he's had some unfortunate injuries and the reggie lynch suspension and things kind of go sideways that were a little bit out of his control 
Um, but you could do this every year, Judd. I mean, it just feels like every year something's going to pop up that, and the teams just typically start off good and, and crumble at the end of the season. And so, I mean, it's, I mean, I think it's abundantly clear it's time to move on and it's time for a change and it's, it's, it's going to happen. I mean, I don't think anybody's, I don't think there's any great suspense about what's going to happen after the season. Um, and so, you know, Marcus Fuller from our paper reported that after the Nebraska loss Saturday, Patino in the locker room basically had a long emotional talk, pretty philosophical that uh, players and that were present took that to mean that, Hey, you know, he's going to be gone after this year. And I, I just think it's pretty obvious that, that there's going to be a coaching change. Um, he'll wait until after the, you know, the big 10 tournaments that, I mean, short of winning that thing, I don't see any way they're getting in it now. Well, and how, you know, and, and how do you lose to Northwestern and Nebraska? And the thing is, don't, I, I don't want to hear about Liam Robbins. No. I mean, th- those two teams totally are terrible, him. especially when you're up 17 to three and Northwestern could do nothing right. I mean, they couldn't, they had like eight turnovers in the first five minutes. They can't even handle the ball. Chip, it's one and of the worst. It's one of the worst college basketball games I think I've ever watched. I don't even think I would put one of. I think it was the worst. I mean, it was. Your kids had far more competitive games than that one. Yes, it was atrocious. I mean, it, it was so bad it became almost funny because it was like they were yes. handling, like they were dribbling a grenade. Like <laughs> they could not handle the ball. They couldn't shoot. Um, it was terrible, and then to follow that up with the loss at, at Nebraska. I mean, clearly, I think this this team looks like it's ready to be done, and we'll see if they you know show anything tonight against uh, Penn State. But um, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't see how this team gets in the like I said in the tournament unless they win the Big Ten, which you know I don't see that happening. <laughs> so um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, where they go, how much money they spent. Are they going to be super aggressive and go after a muscleman and beeline? Um, they have the money to do it. So all those things are going to come into play here. So who, who is on your uh, potential list or who should be on Mark Coyle's potential list to replace Patino? Well, my first two calls would be to John Beeline and Eric Musselman. I mean, without a doubt, those two guys would be number ones. I'd mean, make them tell me no. Um, you know, Beeline's the NBA thing was a disaster, but I mean, his record and you know, he's just, you know, an A plus coach. Musselman would be a home run hire. Obviously the name and ties here, Arkansas, what he's doing there is, you know, tremendous. I think they're like 10th or 11th, maybe 12th in the nation now. And he's got them kind of rolling a little bit. And uh, he has a big buyout. I think his buyout's 5 million, but it goes down on May the 1st to 1.5 million. So if they felt like they could get him and he there's some kind of gentleman's agreement, would they wait for that, you know, May first to see that that uh that buyout drop three and a half million dollars? You know, that's I think I would, <laughs> you know, if you felt like you could get him. Yeah, I think um, yes. Hell yes, Jim. Um but if not, I mean uh, you know, um you know, Nico Medved at Colorado State um will be a name. Um, what uh, Craig Smith at uh, Utah State will be a name. Of, he's from Stephen, Minnesota. Done some really good things there. Um, I think those guys will their names will pop up. Um, but it'll be. I think there will be. Um, you know, Cole. He, he hides in the background. He, he's he's in kind of in the 
he, he does not like the spotlight. But he's a man of mystery. But he definitely he is aggressive in in terms of hiring and firing. I mean, we've seen him hire a number of people here and and make some big hire. I mean, you know, he, P.J. Fleck was a you know a hot name at the time when he got him. Yep. You know, the Waylon hire hasn't produced you know grand results yet, but I thought that was a big bold move, and and I think it could have a big payoff. She's starting to get some top-notch recruits in here, so I think that thing could turn. Motsko, I mean, that was a big hire. Yep. Um, and so he typically gets the person he goes after, and so we'll see if he can do that again. It, it'll be interesting to see the one thing that, you know, with the pandemic and the revenues being off and, and this is going to come in, um, you know, they're going to owe, what, almost $2 million. $1.7 million. Yeah, $1.7 And that comes in the context of dropping sports. And so um, he's going to face, you know, undoubtedly people are going to be, that's going to come up from the the crowd that were angry with them for dropping gymnastics and track. And, and so he's going to face some blowback on that, but um, it'll be interesting to see, are they going to spend two and a half, $3 million on a, on a, on a big time coach? Well, that's my question. So, so I, I'm guessing basketball boosters will help pay the buyout, correct? I think that's how it typically works. I mean, so it doesn't come out of the school funds. So it doesn't come out of the budget. Yeah, and then schools are always always quick to tell you that the hey, you know, this money's coming from uh, donations from boosters. It's not coming from our budget. So that's how it typically works. They'll have somebody, you know, one or two people write the check. It's not like that. One point seven five million is going to be paid to them. You know, hey, here's one point seven five. Good luck to you. I mean, it, they do it over a number of years, right? They can spread it out, um, but I, yeah, that'll probably come from a booster. And so, um, you know, the Musselman one is going to be interesting because I think he would be the name, and, and he would be a big splasher. But I, you know, I assume Arkansas would really get in a bidding war to keep him. Yep. Um, based on what the success he's having there and popularity, so I don't know how how that one would shake out. You know, and the beeline one, I, I'd absolutely make him tell me no first. You know, I just think he's a terrific coach. So, Chipper, 2021, um, how competitive do you think the Gopher men's basketball program can be consistently now? You know, it's it. I think there's a, a lot of untapped potential here, but but also um, challenges. I mean, it's people uh, in the state think, okay, you can get. Let's just keep. Trey Jones and Tyus Jones and Jalen Suggs and Chet Holmgren. Let's keep it home. It ain't going to happen. I mean, you're <laughs> not going to be – these kids are not going to turn down Duke and Kansas and Gonzaga to stay here. They're just not. I mean, it's – I hate to be the party pooper, but it's just not – that's not realistic. But, however, mm-hmm. you cannot take Isaiah Washington over McKinley Wright. Major, major mistake by Patino. You cannot let yes. Marquette come in here and beat you for Dawson Garcia. It can't happen. I mean, those are the kids you have to have. Um, they don't have to be all Minnesotans. I mean, this is a great basketball state right now, and I, I know we're fascinated with But it doesn't have to be all Minnesotans, but you can't miss on kids that you want and um, all the time, you right. know. And, it, it, I mean, you know, they got Daniel Turu. That was a great get. Um, Amir Coffey was a good get, but but he was going I- Iowa State, right? Originally, yeah, and but then they were, yeah, but there's, 
but there's been too many misses here recently nope. where yeah. uh, the, the Kelly Wright will, will probably be the epitaph one where you, you took Isaiah Washington, who was a complete bust and is gone. And McKinley Wright goes to Colorado and just does his story. He, he's done something statistically that no player in the history of the Pac-12 has ever done. A big swing and a miss. You, you, just a major mistake there. So, um, so I think if you, if, you know, you got the facilities now. You're in a state where basketball is really good. So if you can, you know, get one or two consistently and not have to go elsewhere, and you're a good recruiter. Obviously, fan base great. I think this, you know. Uh, university support is good, so I, I think it's you're in a basketball state where people are passionate about basketball, not just hockey. Absolutely, I think it's a good job. I, I really do. Um, so, Chipper, here, here's what bugs me though. So, I'm with you across the, the board. This state, in the last what 15 to 20 years, now produces basketball talent that it never previously produced, and I I get that. Yeah. Okay. And you are a thousand percent right. There are going to be kids that say Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, I'm going. Uh, but I, it also troubles me that I feel like we've hit a spot now where we just assume you can't keep any of the top players. Well, that's, yeah. And so, like, I, but, but there has to be, there has to be, uh, you can still be competitive. Like, I get you're going to, because right now it feels like, oh man, that, you know, Trey Jones, he's just too good. At, there's no way. And I, I get that the Trey Joneses are often going to leave, but I don't think that we should just sort of like punt and we just sort of punt now as, of course he didn't come here. Like, there's got to be, there's got to be a sweet spot there where you are at least in the conversation for far more top players than it feels like this program is right now. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I go back to Dawson Garcia. He's a big time player. Like, he's a, a nationally recruited guy from prior Lake that a lot of schools wanted. I mean, I think he had Kansas offer. He had, you know, I think he had her or had mono or something that took out his um, his spring AU season or he'd had a lot more. But, I mean, people nationally recognized him and, and wanted him. And he went to Marquette. Not, this is not a knock on Marquette, but that that's the kid you should get. I'm sorry. I mean, if, and if your program was in a better spot um, – and winning more, I think it would be more attractive. But when you have these, how many times has Patino gone to the NCAA in his eight years? Three. Two or three? Three? I think three. So if you're going consistently and you're consistently challenging and not finishing eighth, ninth, tenth in the Big Ten, I think it does become more attractive, you know? And for whatever reason, Patino's personality and just did not translate with the AAU coaches and high school coaches here. It just, I mean, you're not going to get them to rip them publicly because it's just, it doesn't no good to do that. But I can tell you privately, it just has not, there is just not a connection there. And interesting, you, know, you can say that's a, you know, that that's indictment on both sides, you right. know, but, um, but it's just not, there's just not a connection there. Like it should be. And, um, and so I think that has to improve, but, but I, I, I don't fall into this category of, and I think Minnesota's a lot of it's like, just go get four Minnesota, the four best and you're going to be good. It's like, they shouldn't have to do that. You can be able to go outside right. and get good players wherever, you know, it doesn't have to be 12 Minnesotans on your roster. Of course not. Oh, but that's I so think, us, Chip. That's so us. It is. Why don't you just it, get all Minnesotans? I, the Gopher hockey Woo gears. Yeah, I know. Where they were so proud. And it's like, and I kept saying, okay, I get it. There's talent here. 
but you can't tell me that there is a goaltender every, you know, you yeah. like there are some positions and there are some places. It's if you're bringing a kid from California, it ain't going to kill you. Well, and the other thing is that we have to remember, and it's not to, you know, excuse, uh, excuse made mistakes, but something there might, there might be a really good kid here that just doesn't fit your program, like your, your style of play, your, whatever your culture or whatever you want to say it like maybe it just doesn't fit how you use a point guard or a power forward it's just you have different ideas and you see someone from uh north carolina that does it you should be able to you know recruit them and not get hammered but but you know they wanted dawson garcia really bad and didn't get him um they misread the mckinley right thing really bad and that backfired um and so that's the problem is when you when they're you know when they're not able to lock down the guys that they want, either through the player doesn't think it's, you know, that program's going anywhere or they can do better or you ignore them or whatever, you don't recruit them hard enough, whatever, uh, that's got to improve. But the new coach, I think, you know, I do think this is a good job. I don't know if it's a great job, right. but I do think it's a good job. Um, and I think you can win here. I think you can be a, even though it hasn't borne out that way, you can be a consistent a team that can, realistically should be able to think, okay, we should be able to get in tournament. Yeah. 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 And so I think that's what's missing. And, um, you know, like I said, I don't think it's all, Patino was a terrible coach. And I I do think there are some circumstances that were out of his control injuries and and whatnot that affected that. But like, like my original point, you go back and you look at the eight years and it's just like, you know what, it's just, it's time for a change. Mm Mm-hmm. Speaking of bad jobs, do, do you think Chris Finch has called the Raptors yet? And, and his friend Nick Nurse and said, that assistant coaching job that I gave up two weeks ago, can I get that back? Because this Wolves thing, my good man. And I know, guys, and I know Beasley is suspended for what? He got suspended for 12 games or something like that. Yeah. And, and I know that D'Lo is hurt. I get all of that. Um, but here's – so here is – here is how can I put this? The latest of my breaking points, okay? Mm-hmm. God bless Ricky Rubio. It seems like a nice human being. He really thing. does. He seems like a really nice guy, okay? But he was acquired. It's very clear that that he was either told this or he thinks this that he was acquired to be the conscience of this team, right? And yes. and after the last game, and by the way, Rubio is playing about as well as Parisi. Like he yes. is a non-factor. And after the last game, for him to say, I don't know if this is working and I don't, uh, you know, the Sixers process is, which by the way, I agree, it's not a good philosophy. But do you really think the guys in that locker room are watching this broken down old cat play basketball and then saying, but I got to listen to him? I mean, this thing is so run amok. I would go, if I, if I was Finch, I would go or, or Gerson to Ricky and say, Ricky, Things have changed. Yeah, the rhetoric's got to stop now. I'll get you traded as soon as possible. Well, and that's the thing. Or it, give you away. Hard. I don't care what. And you And I do. understand, like Ricky's very well-meaning, um, yes, intentioned, not he, ripping he, him. He, he, you know, wants to be a leader. Kind of sees himself as the veteran, uh, not spokesperson, but just you know, someone who can kind of give you a big picture uh, philosophy and answer on stuff. But it doesn't work when the guy's playing horribly, you know? I mean, it just – I read that, and I'm just like, this is coming from, like, one of the worst players on the team who is struggling and who is a big part of the reason why they're losing. And so 
I sort of just kind of shrug my shoulder and roll my eyes and move on, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it's it not credible. Like, it's no, not. It's not. When you're playing that point, I won't be surprised if they try to move him, you know, because, I mean, it's clearly not working. Um, <laughs> this team is such a mess, Judd. I mean, it, they're... <laughs> I know. Judd, they are unwatchable. I, I will say that. I mean, it's just the same thing over and over. They either get blown out of the water or they play competitively until the fourth quarter and then just completely collapse and lose a close game. I mean, it's just over and over. And I, I don't – they're unwatchable. I don't know any other way to say it. I mean, I try to watch them, but it's just like this is pointless. But Chip, you know? they're, Chip they're, they're unwatchable. But right now – and, I mean, this is hard to believe because this is the Wolves we're talking about. They are so dysfunctional. Yeah, I know. And, and I know guys are out, and I get that. But they are so dysfunctional, and they've got this guy who literally is just broken down trying to be like the team spokesman, and I'm not, not quite sure why he's trying to. And, you know, God bless him. I know it's Zoom, so I am not for one second, hear me clearly, folks, criticizing him because if people didn't talk, we'd criticize that. Yeah, but I'm exactly. just saying in the locker room that's going to carry zero weight because he's not playing well. And yeah. and poor Chris Finch has to be like, well, oh, my God. Who else are you going to put out there to? I know. Well, I yeah, would I start try, McLaughlin. I rotate it so it's not pounds after every game, and it's not you know. Oh, oh, you're saying on Anthony Zoom. Edwards? Yeah. I mean, are we going to I'm sorry. Rookie? Are we? Yeah, are we going to no. rookie to get you know? No, no. The team. I know? get it, but I would just tell him, Ricky, you don't like don't fall on the sword here, dude, because you really can't. Um, but I would start McLaughlin now. Like I just would. I, I, Ricky has. There's nothing there, and he can make some flat shots. But there is nothing there. <laughs> he does. He takes that flat shot, and and but the, but the problem there is this: he starts the game and makes like two or three, and then he keeps shooting. Yeah. And then in the in the fourth quarter, he's like emboldened. He's like, "I can shoot," and you're like, "No." Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, mean, I don't know. I Sorry. know. You know, the the comeback is, hey, they don't have two of the three best players right now, and I, and I get it, but um, I I don't know. I mean. How are they ever going to get out of this? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It is. It is. Can you imagine, like, if they allowed fans in there, what their attendance would be right now? Twelve people, would, fifteen people. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it would be no I mean, one last there. Year they, last year they were dead last in the NBA in attendance, and I think they would be well on their way to that this year too if fans are allowed in there. And, and by they, the way, I'm with the fans. I, I like. I don't blame them one bit. No, I wouldn't spend my. I mean, and their ticket prices, no way. I mean, you'd have to be a hardcore diehard. Because I just don't see – I mean, I think Edwards is going to be a, a pretty good player, but he's got to learn to shoot, you know, and he's trying to figure things out on a really bad team. Yep. Um, and what is and, – and here's my question, too. I know what his vision is, but when it comes to Gerson, okay, mm-hmm. is, his, is his vision executable? Because I don't know – if the answer to that question is yes, um, and so I know what he wants to do in a perfect world, but I don't know if he's got the players to do it. I don't know if he can get enough of the players to do it. And here's the thing, too. I mean, we just have to accept this. On a daily basis and with each loss, the the, the clock on Cat, no matter what you think of Cat, is ticking. Yeah. Um, so I just, like, when it comes to Gerson, is what he wants to do really available to happen well they want to play fast shoot a lot of threes and play good defense <laughs> okay they can play fast 
they don't they're not a good shooting team and they play no defense. So I mean, you're going to have to yeah, but but I mean, the thing is like Judd, you look at okay, look at their roster. Okay, Okogi, is he part of your future? If he can't shoot, I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't I don't know how, you know, how he's going to fit into the you know, this the style of play. Culver, probably not. You know, and so you're you're draft you've drafted guys that don't really look like they fit. No, and, and so Cul- Culver looks like a complete boss chip. Yeah, I mean, it just he doesn't look so. I mean, I think I like Edwards' upside, but he's I mean, he clearly has a lot of growing to do in terms of shooting and shot selection, and those defense and those type things. And I mean, he's 19, so let's not think he should be a finished product. But um, you know, if you say okay, in three years from now, he's going to be where you want him to be. Well, how old is Towns going to be from three years from now? Is he still going to want to be here three years from now? I mean, those those are the things you worry about. It's like, eventually, if this doesn't turn Towns, he's just going to say, I'm done with it. I'm sick of this. You I agree. Know? And yes. so it's not like it, – it's weird because you're you're asking for two things, patience for these guys to mature and develop and this plan to come together. But I don't know that how much patience is Towns going to have for that, you know? And I know people think, well, good, just trade him. I mean, if you do that, then you're, starting over, you're starting over with a completely different plan than what you're you're doing right now. So I don't know. It feels it's a mess. It feels right now, and and look, we're we're in the the midst of of it, so it's hard not to feel this way. But it feels hopeless. Like it it feels That's hopeless. Exactly what it feels like. And I don't know. And here's the problem too, Chip. I'm not convinced D'Lo coming back fixes it. No, because he. <laughs> so like, if he was coming back and he fit the system perfectly, I'd be like, okay, let's be patient. Uh, well, because he doesn't, doesn't want to play fast, and he plays no defense. And he wants right. to shoot. He likes to shoot a lot of three-pointers and shoot, but hes I don't think he's necessarily a, a guy that's going to play at the tempo they want. And is he, you know, we know we've know seen him play defense. And so, I mean, it's not like he's the savior. <laughs> no, that's my – and I don't even know when he does come back and is healthy, I don't know that it completely works. Like, I can't tell you, you know. that. I can't no, tell I mean, you that. It, the one that I mean, I think Beasley's absence definitely hurts because he's their best shooter, yeah. and I and I do like the way he plays. I mean, I think he's he plays hard, brings great effort, good competitor. He can make shots, um, so his loss is I think definitely felt. You know, um, so it's it's <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I think you I think your word choice is hundred percent. It does feel hopeless, you know, and I don't know how it turns around. All right, sir. We'll talk to you next All right, week. Brother. All right, Chip Scoggins. We'll you you take you. care. Bye-bye. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.